You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. Oh boy, oh boy. Second time I've shot this episode. Now, I did it the other day when I was really in flow after a good night of doing some schoolwork. It's 12.08 a.m., so it's about the same time that it was Monday night going into Tuesday morning when I shot this, and it really turned into a hodgepodge. It was supposed to be a sober shorty, if you guys remember that format. I launched it back in December when I was doing episodes every single day, and I was just looking for a way of cutting back from doing 30, 45 minutes to an hour-long episodes. So I launched it off as a sober shorty, and I have no idea what the hell happened. But I went off on this diatribe about uh, the way humans treat each other and how we've just perpetually been meaner and meaner to each other over the millennia, and it just went... (laughs) I was all over the place. I think I ended up talking about the Salem witch trials and Liberia and Haiti and... Uh, the European conquests of one another for <laughs> centuries. I think I got into colonialization. It was everywhere. And I don't never see the light of day because um, I'm not so sure how that would land into the public's ear. But the whole point of what I shot then that I would like to carry over now is this idea that we are seeking to be kind to ourselves and kind to one another. And it's an ever-growing and evolving challenge for ourselves as our tech actually creates barriers between us, how we have so many different avenues for speaking our mind and telling our truth and utilizing social media. Anyone who wants to can you know get on the internet and just start you know going off and talking about things and in the process of doing that we can often hide behind avatars and usernames that aren't necessarily ours thus we can get away with saying some things to people that we would in no way shape or form actually say to their face and where i was wanting to go with that was this idea of mastery in the moment manifests momentum and Why I think that that is important is because we are rarely, and I almost, almost use the word never, but you know how I feel about universal quantifiers and definitives. So I will just simply say we are rarely going to have one of those days where we treat ourselves perfectly amazing or anyone else for that matter. And I talk enough about perfection that you should know by now that we're seeking progression, not perfection, when we are working with ourselves and working with anyone, really, and that we're humans and we have emotions and we're inevitably going to surge. We're not going to say the things that we want to say in the most suitable way in the moment. And it is just who we are as humans. We are fueled by our emotions. Everything has to go through the emotional center of the brain before it gets to the rational point of the brain. So it's bound to happen. And I want to encourage you all, regardless of what stage of your sobriety and your recovery you're in, to be gentle on yourself when it comes to how you 
talk about yourself inside your own head, how you choose to allow your automatic negative thoughts and your biases to dictate how you're going to behave or what you're going to see, hear, feel in the moment. And where I really started to hone in for myself, this idea of mastery in the moment is what's really been interesting for me since I've taken on going back into the restaurant world at the beginning of this year. And you are following along linearly at some point. And so you know that I went back into the restaurant world. I started my master's. It's a very huge financial obligation. And with some debt that I had accrued from leaving Los Angeles, I was just about tired of trying to just keep my head above water. And I wanted to start getting ahead of things. And while I've expanded the business rather well since I've been in Alabama, I've also taken on a lot of substantial costs that I was not working with in California, mainly buying a house and all of the things that go with that. So being back in the restaurant world, I have noticed that I have been able to get myself back into a state of flow that I had not felt in quite some time. There's a difference in flowing in my office whenever I'm working on the podcast, whenever I'm working on my website, building a you know, a new PDF, a new ebook, something, writing an essay, things of that nature. There is a f- state of flow I can get myself into quite frequently, uh, generally with the right music. And lately, it's oddly enough been Luke Bryan. I would not have thought that country musician would be such an amazing uh, cadence and beat to write to. But I do some of my best writing to Luke Bryan. And there's a difference in flowing with your mind and then flowing with your body, at least for me. So follow me on this one. When I'm at the restaurant, there is a a state of flow that I can get into when we get to a certain business level. And I can feel it begin to take over my body as it's happening, where the way that I turn at the cooler or the way that I pick up the glasses or the way I put them on the tray, the way I greet the tables, the way I just maneuver through all the different various steps of service, there's a flow my body gets into where my brain doesn't even have to be involved. That I've done this job for so long that it's muscle memory. And I was not at all concerned with the muscle memory aspect of it whenever I went back, considering it had been two years since I had done it. It was more so to how fast will I be able to pick up where all their buttons are on the computer, because that's generally for me the hardest part, is just learning where all the buttons are. Because when you take a long time in front of a computer, then you're taking a lot less time in front of your tables and you'll weed yourself. So... Follow me on here. I promise you this is going somewhere. So what I noticed was that as my body began to get into this flow state, it very much came down to how could I have mastery in the moment? Not every table is going to go well. I've delivered food to the wrong table because I still have, don't recognize all of the dishes. I push the buttons and still don't end up at the best screen for what it is I'm trying to order. Um, I'm still finding there being these little hiccups and not being able to completely have like one of those, you know, just times where it's just like 100%, 100%, 100%. And that's when I started realizing that this isn't about 
having that perfect hour, having the perfect table, having that moment where everything goes right. It's about seeking to have mastery in the moment where I'm putting everything together the best way I know how to in the moment and being very self-aware and conscious of the little intricacies and nuances that I could shift to make it even better. Because I'm not going to have the table that necessarily goes 100%. Their food might take a little longer than I prefer. Their glass might be half empty a little bit longer than I prefer or half full, I suppose, depending on how you want to look at it. But more importantly, where I'm going with it is that when I have those moments where my self-awareness is so on point that I'm noticing the little tiny things that I can make even sharper, even better, even more honed in. That's when I realize that I'm in that flow of not only doing the job to the best of my abilities, but also having this heightened sense of self-awareness that really allows me to step outside of my own eyes and see what it is I'm doing from that third-person perspective. And the level of self-awareness, situational awareness, perspective shifting that that provides allows me to take that skill that I'm fine-tuning once again at the restaurant and bring it into other aspects of my life. And when it comes to having mastery in the moment, when it's the podcast, when it's my sobriety and recovery, when it's writing an essay or sitting down at dinner and having a conversation with the family or driving my car and looking for the most efficient way to get somewhere and bypassing left-hand turns and things of that nature. Like my brain loves this stuff. I notice patterns and habits in other people, but especially in myself. Like it's second nature. Like that's some muscle memory built in. And where I want to encourage you to start to seek your own level of mastery in the moment, of flow in the moment, is noticing when you get into that state where it's like, it's not that the brain turns off. It's that, how is to best explain it? I'm not even in trance. It's like my body can be serving, everything's going in motion, but I can have like 50% of my brain off daydreaming about the Salem witch trials and how I'm going to put that somehow <laughs> magically into a podcast. Mind you, at 6.07 in the morning when I was making coffee in the restaurant, it absolutely made sense how I could bring the Salem Witch Trials into a podcast episode. Um, and I watched something on Liberia and Haiti the other day, and I was like, sure, I'm absolutely positive I can bring this in. But then I get into the podcast, and the flow doesn't come as well. And even now, I've got like six things I'm trying to articulate, and I don't think that any of them are coming out as well as I had daydreamed them before I hit the microphone. But it's the mastery in the moment. It's like, okay, this isn't going to be the per perfect podcast. Even then, I went, perfect podcast. Like, There's going to be these little intricacies these little nuances, these subtleties that I can fine tune for the next episode. But I'm just going to hit publish on this one when it's done. And it is what it is. And we'll move on to 289. Where I want all of us to start putting our attention toward is where can we have mastery in the moment? Where can we get in a flow state within our sobriety and recovery? Is that how you talk to yourself? 
Is that how you're going to treat yourself and treat others in your family today? Is it how you're going to focus in on the conversations that somebody wants to have with you in the moment where you're going to show empathy and compassion and love and support? Is it going to be showing up somewhere 100% your best self? Is it going to be all of this and so much more? Because there's infinite ways that you can show up in your life today. Are you seeking to just trance it out and just be completely oblivious to what's going on around you? Are you seeking mastery in that moment? Because honestly, it doesn't really take that much more energy to just focus and pay attention than it does to just la, 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 la your way through your life. It's actually quite surprising to me how often at the work, the job, or with clients or with just people I talk to in general, when I start to notice their habits, when I start to notice their patterns, um, and this is really obvious at work, so I'll, I'll stick with it there because this is where I've got very keen examples. People will spend an inordinate amount of their energy trying to fake that they're actually working and being productive than actually just working and being productive. It's astonishing to me, actually, how much effort will go into looking like you're busy rather than just doing your job. <laughs> like, you can wander around in circles all day in the restaurant you want, but I notice that you're walking around in circles, or you could just come back into the kitchen with me, and we could both put up glass racks together. Because, honestly, it takes about 30 seconds per glass rack. So in the amount of time that you've wandered around the restaurant trying to look busy for the last five minutes, I've just done the amount of side work that three people would take to do. I did it in five minutes because I just do it. I just get in flow and it's just easier for me to keep moving and keep marching myself forward than it would be to stop and just stand there at the expo line and do nothing or wander around the restaurant in circles when I could have a broom and a dustpan in my hand, sweeping up the little pieces of paper that come from the straws. If there's one little annoyance about this gig, it's that all of our straws are wrapped, which is sanitary, and I get it. That's what people do now. But at the same time, all these little pieces of paper end up on the floor, and apparently nobody during the shift other than me realizes that this looks really trashy, and I just do not want my guests walking into a restaurant with paper all over the floor. It just looks trashy. I'm not going to do it. So I pick up the broom and dustpan about once every 20, 30 minutes and just walk the restaurant and sweep all this up. But there's other people who could be doing this while they're wandering around the restaurant trying to look busy. And so anyways, total sidebar, but going back to mastery in the moment, where in your life are you just faking being busy when you could actually just be doing the thing that needs to be done? Oh, I've got so many things I've got to do on my computer. Then sit down and do the things that will actually move the needle instead of just putzing around the house, filibustering your way to nowhere. Buffering our way through our lives is just procrastinating things that we actually want to be doing. There's just some sort of fear or a block inside of us that maybe there's an idea that if you put 100% into something and then you don't do it well, that you have to then face the music on the fact that you don't necessarily know how to do this really amazingly right now. But if you just do it five or 10 times, you'll be a hell of a lot better than if you don't do it any times. And whether that's having a tough conversation or journaling or meditating or going to a meeting and meeting new people, whether it's just going through another five minutes while you're craving liquor and you know you can't have it. Like you don't get to test your limits and you, you don't, 
understand the boundaries that you could burst through until you just take the action. It's in the moment you're taking action that you begin to develop your own sense of what mastery can be for you. There's too many of us living a half-assed shit life when we know there's something deeper inside of us that we want to unlock, that we want to unleash on the planet, that we know would benefit everybody and anybody who were to come into contact with it. But we keep it locked inside of ourselves. We keep it locked inside of ourselves out of a fear, out of, out of a resentment, out of something. Whatever emotion that is for you, only you'll know it. And I could sit here and rattle off another 50 emotions, how I got the feelings wheel right next to me. But it's not going to mean as much to you if you just ask yourself right, right now, what do you think that emotion is that's holding you back? I was talking to a client today, and he said something. Uh, when I asked him, "What? how do you see accountability externally and internally and externally he said something to the effect of like uh, my actions or lack thereof impact myself and others positively and negatively Um, and that if he doesn't show up 100 percent as himself then how does that cost him or more specifically other people that he wants to be able to support right that external accountability is when somebody else potentially is going to reprimand you or bring consequences into your life for you not doing something that you had promised them that you would do. Now, the internal accountability is when you start making promises to yourself and you don't keep those. Do you finish what you start? Do you follow through on what you'll say you're going to do? I mean, this goes back to the four agreements, right? Being uh, impeccable with your word and being... um, Oh my goodness, I just totally forgot my seventh uh, powerful principle. Uh, yep, that's gone. My brain, see, there you go. It's all about mastery in the moment. I even have um, one of my books near me, which is, does anybody out there remember what my seventh powerful principle is? I only wrote the damn book about it. Um, hold on, I'm getting, look, there's my introduction. I'm going to open it up. You guys, I'm going to make you guys listen to me do this. I'm not even going to go back. There's an acknowledgments page. Embodying tenaciousness. Fucking tenacity. I couldn't remember the word tenacity. (laughs) I mean, admittedly, I'm running on empty over here. It's been a long, long, long couple weeks. So are you being tenacious? Are you showing up as the best version of yourself each and every day? That's that mastery in the moment. Uh, The client also said, you know, the way that you do one thing is the way you do all things. And I've often said on this show that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And it's not that I'm seeking perfection at all, at all, ever, because it doesn't exist. Because one man's perfect is another man's flaws, right? We got people over here trashing down on the Mona Lisa and other people think it's the best portrait artwork of all time. Sistine Chapel has probably got some shit wrong with it, too, if you pulled out a magnifying glass. But whenever you look at the majestic artwork that was able to be painted by that whole crew and slew of people back in the day, I mean, obviously, Leonardo da Vinci was, you know, (laughs) very important to that whole thing. But it's, it's nonetheless, it's mastery in the moment. And we have the potential to reach it every single day. That where we can just say, wow, in that moment, I crushed it. I did a great job. And that's what I want us to be focused on. And if there's something inside of you that you've been holding back, then let's just start discussing ways that we can unleash it to the world. 
because it does no good just being locked up inside of you as a as a unquenched dream as something that you thirst to be able to accomplish that probably is one of the things that I refuse to accept in myself is that I hold myself back. I might unleash into the world a podcast episode that completely flops. I might write a book in the future that nobody wants to frickin' buy. I might write an essay that's completely trash to somebody who's an expert in that topic. But I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability in the moment, knowing that there is even more inside of me that I haven't even begun to realize, to actualize, because I haven't had a chance to get there. It's like going back when I first started school. I was having a miserable time writing these essays, 30 hours to write a 1,500-word essay. I did this last one in less than six, and, and that's counting with the research. And now, mind you, I dilly-dally around with it today and was, you know, trying to make sure all my periods were in the right place. And I found some spots that would have gotten me some points missed off. And I've gotten back to 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 back 100s on my essays. And it's rather impressive to me how much I've just eased myself into this now. But it's the routine and the structure I created by refusing to just get up from the chair and figure out something else to do because it's time to do the essays. It's time to get this done. I am not going to allow myself to hold myself back, unleash it into the world, allow the world to reject it, but I will not reject me first. And I mean, mind you, I do not bat a thousand on this, but there are there are parts of me that have noticed whether it's you know discussing NLP more when I go give speeches or whether it's sitting down and writing the sobriety to recovery book or whether it's you know doing this that or the other I mean I've been chomping at the bit to launch this emotional resiliency course for so long and it's just been holding it back holding it back am I ready am I ready is it ready will it be great perfect the first time no I won't be perfect the first time because it won't even be perfect the thousandth time but it'll be well further along the thousandth time. But you can't get to a thousand if you don't even get to one. Can't get to day two of sobriety if you don't start the first day. Can't get to day 17, 77, 117, right? If you don't push through that craving on day 32, 47, 56, 94, right? It's all about mastery in the moment. Dropping down and giving myself some push-ups, getting away from the computer once in a while, allowing myself to breathe. Okay, the allowing myself to breathe thing, I haven't been doing a great job on. But otherwise, I feel like in the moment, I'm seeking ways to master my emotions, my my physical um, posture whenever I'm standing up at, at the stand-up desk on my walking treadmill. Like, it's the little, little things. And I just want you to start noticing little things that you do frequently, right? Is there a way that you could step it up a notch? Right. I mean, I know it seems like super silly, but I, I have a certain way that I like to turn away from the refrigerator when I'm closing it because I feel like it minimizes the risk of running into somebody in the kitchen. And it also feels like a flow state to turn left rather than to turn right. And I do it in the restaurant all the time. Like I know, I know in the moment which is the best way to turn in order to minimize running into somebody, in order to be able to get to the coffee machine faster. Like my brain is looking for efficiencies consistently. It's just very consistent. And I bring that energy back into my own life. 
I look for these ways to make my life efficient so I can be more effective, so I can be productive. And I can also really feel like I've earned my downtime. I've earned my self-care. When I had my first gum surgery, I absolutely came home from work one day and went right to bed and took a nap from like 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. I was not even having any qualms over it. It was the first time I laid down in bed in the middle of the day, and I couldn't even tell you how long. But it was in that moment that I realized that my mastery could be best suited in that moment for allowing me to put my head on my pillow. Now, I'm going to get you out on here of this because I told you it was going to be a sober shorty. And again, I've sort of been all over the place. And that's really where my brain is right now. But it's when I'm in this heavy, heavy creation mode that is really the hardest for me to put my thoughts into words and say them to you. Like whenever I'm a little bit more settled down than I have been over the last few weeks, I find that... I can get into a more state of flow. And admittedly, the bias episode and the ants episode had show notes. And this one is literally like five sentences. So I'm, I'm really just going off uh, my own little thing right here. But what I would really want to just embed into your brain at the end of this episode is whether you're looking at releasing those automatic negative thoughts, noticing your biases and where they're holding your back, holding you back and where you could actually start to strengthen yourself up. I want you to realize that it's in those moments when you really feel like you've crushed it, when you really feel like you've done it amazingly, like whenever in your own body, fireworks are going off in your own mind, you're, you're throwing confetti up into the air. I want you to celebrate those moments and I want you to notice what it was you were doing, what it was that you were thinking, what it was that you were feeling. How did you get into flow in that moment? How did you get yourself into the feelings of mastery? Because it's happening to you more frequently than you realize. And when you can bring your awareness to these flow moments, to these mastery moments, then you can start noticing the intricacies of your behaviors, of your thoughts, of your feelings. And then you can start noticing how there's a pattern in your mastery and flow. And when you can start to notice the pattern, then you can replicate it. Right? And if we, see, if we can't calculate something. If we can't measure something, then we can't replicate it. And if we can't replicate it, we can't turn it into a habit. If we don't have it as a habit, then we're all willy-nilly. And so when we can measure and then replicate and then habituate something, then we can actually turn it into something that we do consistently and as constantly as humans can do anything throughout our lives. And whether this is releasing a craving, whether this is having a heartfelt conversation, whether this is showing up on time, whatever it is that you're doing in your life, there are opportunities for you to bring self-awareness to the mastery that you're embodying in that moment. Embody that tenaciousness. Realizing that there's going to be a desire and a need for flexibility throughout most of the things that I've talked about in this episode. But when you notice the mastery and the flow, right, then you measure it, you replicate it, you habituate it. You can become effective in your desires to achieve the things you want to in life. Nothing is going to ever be accomplished that you really want to accomplish. It's just solely for you. 
right? Where the instant gratification monkey doesn't have an opportunity to get in there and start fucking with shit. And if uh, I was talking to one of my clients today about this. Go on YouTube, type in TED Talk Instant Gratification Monkey. I'm telling you, this guy changed the way that I experience me achieving my life goals because no one's going to hold my hands to the fire, my feet to the flames when it comes to getting a master's degree or getting a doctorate or stepping foot in over 100 countries or traveling the world you know, in a boat or an RV around the country. Like, no one cares if I accomplish these things, right? I care. I mean, yeah, my friends would be like, yeah, I really want you to have that experience. But I mean, it's not keeping them up at night, but this kind of stuff keeps me up at night because the dreams that I have for myself, the goals that I have established, the plans that I make to achieve these goals, to bring these dreams to fruition, they are on me. And I am not going to be the reason that I don't accomplish the things that I want to in life. If I have to look at myself in the mirror and say, if you'd have just tried harder, if you'd have just tried it all, you might have been able to accomplish that. I've got a boneyard of that shit from my 20s. I am sure as hell not filling up a whole nother graveyard with tombstones dated uh, in my 40s and 50s. No way. No way. I'm just not going to tolerate it for myself anymore. And you will choose to tolerate from yourself what you choose to tolerate from yourself. And if there's one thing I do want you to understand is that there should be a gentleness that you provide yourself when you aren't necessarily getting as far along as you thought you would as fast as you wanted to be, right? It's a normal human inclination to keep raising the bar and want to go faster, 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 impulse control and instant gratification and all that stuff. It's in there, right? Our, nothing else, whether it was there before video games were invented or not, our smartphones sure as hell made sure it coded that into us. Gimme, 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 now, now, now. In reality, that's not the way amazing things that we accomplish work. You don't just get to snap your fingers and go from day one to day 1,000 in sobriety and recovery. And as much as you think that you'd want to do that, you'd miss so many beautiful parts of the journey, so many difficulties and challenges that you got to overcome, because it's in our mistakes that we learn the most. That's when our brain's growing. The frustration, the confusion, the overwhelm, that's when our brain is putting things together in new ways, new synapses, new neurons and all that stuff are going off. That's the beauty. That's the amazingness. The successes, yes, we enjoy those. We throw confetti in the air for those of us in the tribe when we have these successes. But it's in the non-successes that we learn the most that do we really get to see within ourselves that tenacity, how we have that self-resiliency, that emotional resiliency to battle back whenever adversity comes our way. Fuck, man, give me more of that. Give me the adversity that I can power myself through because I promise you the enlightenment that I feel about where I've come in my sobriety and recovery, it truly does shine whenever I gain that additional wisdom from the adversity that comes and knowing that I can get through it, I can heal my way past it if I just go, right? There's no going over it, no going under it. You got to go through it. Adversity is going to come. Other people are going to show up and throw chaos into our lives. What is our emotional resiliency around that? What is our healthy coping skills? Do not be the person who holds you back. Be your primary cheerleader. 
Be the first one to celebrate you. That internal accountability, it comes from realizing that when you make promise to your, promises to yourself about goals and tasks and, and dreams you want to achieve, that when you start to lose some of that confidence and that self-worth and, and, and that ability to look at yourself in the mirror and know that you're trying 100%, it's when you go back and look at where you haven't followed through on a promise to yourself. And I feel like I'm talking to like six different clients right now because there's many of y'all going through a lot of the same things. And it's not surprising. This generally happens right around month three and four of a new year. Uh, We have a lot of dreams and ambitions and and, uh, New Year's resolutions that we make. If you don't listen to my theory on resolutions, you may have made some. And then we start getting into that March, April, and we start looking back at what we wanted to accomplish in the last year and you know the, the the ideas we set upon ourselves for what we would do at the beginning of this year and we start to really come to a self-evaluation state in March and April where it's like okay what about this year is different than last year what can I do now to shift it because we're getting ready in quarter one we're going into quarter two and right before you know it summer's here and once fall starts well hell it's already Christmas So there's a lot of evaluation going on around y'all right now. And I'm not surprised that I'm noticing it within my clients because, again, I notice patterns and habits. So just sit down. Maybe re-listen to this episode. Uh, There was a lot going on in it, and it wasn't very well organized, let alone succinct. But there's a lot of powerful messages in here about just loving yourself, but also pushing yourself. That being content with who you are in the moment but simultaneously being discontent, knowing that there's more inside of you, knowing that there's a depth of resolve and resiliency that you haven't even begun to tap into. When I think I'm burned out or overwhelmed or I have nothing left in the tank, I'm not too surprised whenever I can push it another 30 minutes, when I can write another 200 words, because I've made myself do that enough times that I know when the chips are down, that I I have more left in the tank because I don't leave anything for the swim back. I've been in positions, we all have, as addicts or supporters of addicts, we have been in positions where we're like, oh, there is no way I'm finding myself out of this one. And yet we did. And yet we did. And we continue to do. So think about that whenever you're noticing that there's these little speed bumps in your day, when there's these little annoyances that are coming. Where is there an opportunity for mastery in the moment? Because when you look for it, when you're self-aware about that mastery in the moment, I assure you that it will manifest motivation. And the more we manifest that motivation, the more we want to continue to go, the more we're internally driven. We're not looking for the external validation or the external accountability. And sure, it's going to come. Somebody is going to pat us on the back or they're going to tell us, hey, man, could you just do it this way a little bit better the next time? You know, teach his own, right? Everybody thinks they have a microphone. The point is, how are you holding yourself accountable? And then how are you validating yourself? Because the automatic negative thoughts and the biases that we have, they're going to be there. No matter how much self-awareness we have, the brain's inclination is to try to categorize and generalize and delete and distort things. So that's just part of what the brain does. But it's, it's how we choose to internalize that. When you go to judge yourself, be gentle. Because in the mirror is the only person that 
is your true, true, true challenger. I have this on my on my phone. And I love this. It, it, it's been the same, um, same. Um, what do they call it? Screen screen thing. Oh my goodness! It won't go away now. Look in the mirror. That's your competition. I just wanted to look at it as I said it to you. I took this off of a picture um, in the in the conference place where I learned all my NLP. He had all these quotes on the wall in the bathroom. Look in the mirror. That's your competition. That's the only person you're competing with. Is that version of yourself? Seek for mastery in the moment. I promise you, it manifests motivation, and through that the achievement of your tasks and your plans and your goals will move you towards the fulfillment of your dreams. It's going to take some time. It's going to take a hell of a lot of effort, but I promise you it doesn't take that much effort, more effort to actually just move forward on the things that you want than it takes to look like you're busy. Because I promise you that shit you're talking to yourself in your head because you haven't accomplished the things that you want to now, that's draining your brain. That's using a lot of energy. You'd be amazed how many calories the brain burns through. Think about all the calories your brain's burning through to justify your lack of action when you could just be spending all that energy on actual action. It's astounding. And for all the clients out there who listen to this show who think I was talking directly to you, in some ways I was, and in some ways I wasn't, you're going to hear what you need to hear, and the messages that are going to embed within you are probably already there. You just needed to hear them a different way, a different time. We all have amazing inside of us. We all do. And I want all of us to unleash it on the world. I want the world to be able to get a sense of the divine grandiosity of the human experience. The worst thing that I think I've, I think it's been in a book. I almost said the worst thing that could ever happen on your deathbed is to realize you have regrets. But I'm pretty sure that that was written in a book, like the five things people dying people regret. And I think one of them was not spending enough time with loved ones, and another thing was not seeking to achieve their, their dreams, holding themselves back and rejecting themselves first. Start there. Stop rejecting yourself. Start accepting yourself and seeking mastery in the moment because it's in that flow state that you'll realize nothing can hold you back. Nothing can hold you back. Hell in flow, I'm not even sure I can hold myself back. All right, my friends. If you want to know more about learning neurolinguistic programming, go to jessemogel.com slash ask me. Click on the button. Send me over your information. Let's have a conversation. Because the class starts at the end of March. Aubrey and I are waiting for you. We would love to have you. It's an amazing course. Many people who listen to this show have already taken it. I'd love to have you be in the next class at the end of March. I've been sending out emails to those who have reached out to me in the past through this podcast. So if you have not received that email, it means that I don't have your email address on file or I didn't find it whenever I was putting them all into MailChimp. So go to jessemogel.com slash ask me and fill out one of those forms under coaching or NLP class. I'd love to have a conversation with you and discuss the amazing ways NLP can change your life like it changed mine. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Glow on. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 